This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Day three of the NFL Combine is in the books. It was the day for the fantasy players as the quarterbacks running backs, and wide receivers took the field in Indy, and we have a new record breaker for the 40-yard dash, and his name is Xavier Worthy out of Texas. This was a fun day, some really impressive athletic performances, some really impressive throwing performances, a lot to kind of break down and dissect. I think guys really solidified their status, helped their draft status. I think some questions have arisen to to send this back to the film a little bit. So really fun day to break down. Uh, bear with me a little bit. I've been dealing with a cold all week and sort of broke. But I, I will push my way through this uh, to, to talk about day three of the combine and sharing my instant reactions. So let's just start the running back position since that was the first guys who took the field today. Uh, the running back position, I thought a couple things really stood out right off the bat. Uh, the first thing in the running back position, let's start with the, let's start with the bad first. And, and I think the, the bad here is, uh, you know, Audrey Gasteme out of Notre Dame, his 40 yard dash times were really underwhelming for a guy that some people had pegged as a potential day two running back. In the upcoming NFL draft, we already know this running back class is a little bit shaky. I've been on record saying I don't think there was going to be anybody in the first two rounds. We'll see if that changes. But Esteme was a guy that a lot of people had in their top fives. Uh, a lot of people looked at him as potentially around late round two or round three. And then he did he tested well in the jumps, which is kind of almost baffling that his jumps ended up being, uh, let me just get the exact, his jumps ended up being 38 on the vertical and 10-5 on the broad. And then he ran a 40 time that was officially 4-7-1. So, and he ran it twice, 4-7-2, 4-7-1. So, the jumps show a guy that had has plenty of athleticism, but then the 40 time was really slow. I think he plays faster than that. I would be more concerned if he didn't have those jumps. I'm... I'm not sure why his team, his agent, whoever allowed him to run the 40. Because if that 4-7 number is kind of glaring, even at 200 and whatever, 27 pounds. If I was his team, I would have said, listen, go kill the jumps and let people think whatever they want in terms of what you might have ran on the 40-yard dash time. But I do think those jumps kind of salvaged his day a little bit. We're not looking at like an Elijah Holyfield situation. We're not even looking, I think, at like a Kyron Williams situation that really saw him fall that year because he tested out so poorly. So I do think I do think top three, top four running backs might be out of play for Audrey Kostemi. I think top 100 might be out of play. I don't think there's going to be a ton of running backs in the top 100. I think Kostemi might be more of now a early round four guy because he does show the ability to break away from players, get to the outside at times. He's a big physical power back, but I didn't think athleticism was going to be a major issue in terms of his speed, but I do think those jumps mitigated it a little bit. 
So that was the first thing that I thought really stood out. Second thing, Blake Horam. I think he, what we saw from Blake Horam was kind of about what was expected. His official 40 time was a 4-5-3. We know he's a guy who quicker than fast. He had a 35.5 vertical jump, didn't do the broad jump. He's a guy, good footwork, can make people miss in short spaces. He's not going to be for everybody. If a team's looking for a big physical power runner, it's not him. If they're looking for a home run threat, it's not him. But if you're saying you, you're looking for a guy who's a better version of Devin Singletary and a better pass catcher, I think that could be Blake Corum. So, so I think Blake Corum now probably it's hard to see him at the top of the running back pecking order. I think he's more now in that running back five, running back six range. Because I think some other guys offer a little bit more intrigue with a better athletic package and a more uh, a more fully uh, rounded talent with a higher ceiling than him. So I, I, I think Quorum, I don't think it was a surprise of what he did today. I thought 4-5 was about his best he was going to do in the 40. So I, I wouldn't say it's, it's it's a big surprise of what we saw there. Now, what was a big surprise was my number one running back, Trey Benson, out of Florida State. Now, I like Trey Benson. He's been my number one running back since last summer. I thought he was going to test out potentially as a good athlete, but he tested out as a great athlete. And I think he's now squarely in the mix to potentially be RB1 in this draft class. He checked in at 216 pounds, and he ran a 4 40 so we're talking now in that Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker vein in terms of his 40-yard dash time. He had a 33-5 vertical and a 10-2 broad. But his game is built on contact balance, breaking tackles, quickness, making people miss in short spaces, even at a, at a bigger back. But then he puts on that that speed, and now that's his speed on record, 4-3-9. That's going to sell to teams with all his other attributes that he brings to the table so I now think he's squarely in the mix to be one of the first or second RB taken in this draft I'm not sold that it's early round two or mid round two I still think best case scenario for this running back class is somewhere late round two but I think Benson's athletic testing and a couple other guys have maybe put him in the mix to maybe go somewhere on middle of round two to end the round two now rather than all being round three guys. So I thought Benson was a big, big winner. Uh, another guy I want to talk about, I mentioned him on the preview show, but Louisville running back Isaac Garendo, I said was going to be a riser after the combine process, and boy, is he going to be a, a riser. Six feet, 221. He ran a three forty. We don't see times like that with running backs. Usually it's wide receivers. The guy's 221 pounds. Like, just think about that for a second. I know Xavier Worthy, we'll talk about him after, broke the record, 4-2-1, but he's like 165 pounds. That's 30, that's 55 more pounds. Garendo was 221 pounds and ran a 4340 had a 41.5 vert and a 10.9 broad jump. This showed up on film too as an explosive athletic player. So I think he now puts himself squarely in the mix as a round four, round five guy with a lot of intrigue 
with that type of athletic profile. So that he was a big winner with Trey Benson as well. A guy who I thought struggled a little bit was Bucky Irving. I didn't think he was going to test out as a, as a very good or great athlete. But I thought he was going to test out as average to above average. I thought maybe not the speed, but I thought the jumps might be pretty good. He really tested out poorly. He checked in at 5'9", 192. He ran a 4.5 official 40-yard dash time. Uh, but I'm not even so worried about the 40 time. He had a 29.5 vertical jump and a 9.7 broad jump. For a guy who's not going to be a guy who handles the full workload, a guy who's going to be a part of a committee, a guy who's going to be a change of pace, pass catching running back, but he doesn't offer a lot of explosion in that regard. He's a good pass catcher. We sort out at his time in Oregon. So I think this hurts us. I don't think day two is even a realistic possibility anymore for Bucky Irving. I think we're talking somewhere in that round four, round five range. Still a good player, still has good film, but he doesn't really have the athletic traits that you would be hoping for for a guy who is going to be more of a change of pace, committee, pass catching, running back. Another guy that stood out today was uh, Marshawn Lloyd at a USC. 220 pounds. He ran a 4.4640, a 36 vert, and a 9.10 broad. Thought he looked really good in drills. I think he's squarely in the mix now to be one of the top four, I'll say, running backs in this draft class. Daniel Jeremiah was praising him a lot on the broadcast tonight. And he said he thinks he's got a real shot to be the first running back taken. I don't think DJ's pulling that out of nowhere. That's coming from people in the league. I don't think he's just basing that on his own eval on Marshawn Lloyd. Because he doesn't even have him in his top 50. So I think there's people in his ear saying that Marshawn Lloyd could be the first running back selected in the draft. So if, if DJ's saying that he could be number one, I don't think it's crazy to say being a top four running back in this class probably looks pretty much like a lock right now. So Marshawn Lloyd, I think, helped himself out here a lot as well. Uh, Tyrone Tracy, another guy I mentioned in the pre in the combine preview, I thought was going to test that really well out of out of Purdue. Checked in at 5'11", 209. He ran a 4.4840. But he stood out with a 40-inch vert and a 10-4 broad jump. So he's another guy, I think, in that debris mix, round four, round five. The athletic traits really stood out. I'm going to give a little shout-out to small school running back out of Troy, Kamani Vidal. 5'7", 213. I didn't think he had 4.46 wheels. Still, he's a late debris guy, but a lot of college production. And to have that 40 time on his belt, I think, helps him become a draftable prospect where I thought maybe it was questionable whether or not he would get drafted prior to today. And then the other big winner is Jalen Wright out of Tennessee. Couldn't perform at the Senior Bowl due to injury, but he showed off why he's one of the most explosive running backs in this draft. I think right now it's Trey Benson, Jalen Wright, and Marshawn Lloyd. I think those are the three guys that have a shot to be the first running back with Jonathan Brooks, I should say. Obviously, he wasn't here uh, due to injury in terms of participating in any events. Those three and Jonathan Brooks, I think, have the, are the guys who I think one of the first running backs taken will be one of those guys. I think those very possibly could be the first four running backs taken. But Jalen Wright, 5'10", 210, ran a 4.3840. So he had that speed 
Just like Ken Walker and Brees Hall, Trey Benson and Jalen Wright checked that box off. 38 vert, 11-2 broad. He's got pass catching ability. So I think we're looking at Trey Benson, Jalen Wright, Marshawn Lloyd, Jonathan Brooks. Those have those are going to be the guys that settle in as my first wave of running backs. They're going to be ranked in some order as my first four running backs. I like their film. And I said the combine and the testing was going to kind of help sort within the rankings. Anyone who's been listening to me for a long time knows I've been a huge Trey Benson fan since last summer. So I don't see me coming off of him as my number one guy. But then it'll be in some order Brooks, Lloyd, Jalen Wright when I do the tier buster running back at slash ranking show. Before you kind of go down to the next wave, which will have guys like Blake Corum, Audrey Costemi will still be there. Braylon Allen will still be in the mix. But it's going to be interesting to kind of see where I place guys like Isaac Garendo out of Louisville and Tyrone Tracy out of Purdue because they really checked a lot of boxes in their workout and their athletic testing today. If we take this, let's do the quarterbacks first and then we'll kind of end with the wide receivers. There's a lot more there to talk about. Things from the quarterback position that really stood out. I don't think I really have to rattle off any 40-yard dash times or jumps or anything like that. Not a lot of people... We'll start with J.J. McCarthy, who came in with the the most buzz, probably, of any of the quarterbacks that were going to partake in the workouts down there. He threw the ball up pretty well. I don't think it was a great throwing session like a C.J. Stroud last year or Josh Allen, you know, back. But I thought J.J. McCarthy had a good showing. I thought that he showed the velocity that we expect. That we showed he showed the ball placement. I will say the thing, like again, this is just watching every aspect of a quarterback. The engagement he had with the other prospects there, you could tell like he's going to be a guy who's a natural-born leader, and not everybody has that. So of all the things about J.J. McCarthy today, and again, I think the thing the thing about J.J. McCarthy that's going to shine the most at the combine is probably the work he did inside the interview room. If all reports are believed to be true, just how smart he is, how quickly he processes things. So that he probably shined there. I liked what I saw just from his character and makeup, the way he interacted with the other prospects. He gravitates, high-fiving, talking to everybody, talking guys up. I think I like to see that at a quarterback. But I thought his throwing session was good. I don't, I don't think I'd go above that, but I thought it was good. I thought the two guys who had the best throwing sessions, bar none, was Michael Panix Jr. in the second quarterback group out of Washington and Joe Milton in the first group. I mean, Joe Milton was throwing balls 70 to 72 yards in the air. We understand he's a very raw developmental quarterback prospect. His arm talent is special. His strength and velocity is special. If you were looking to take a shot on the guy in the third day, you could do a lot worse than the tools that Joe Milton brings to the table. So I, I think Joe Milton is a guy who... He's not going to be for everybody. But if you're looking for a toolsy day three prospect and you're looking for to push the ball vertically down the field in your offense and not have like a short West Coast style offense, I think Joe Milton is a very intriguing day three quarterback pick. And then Michael Panicked, he was slinging it all over late. If you didn't stick with the combine coverage all day today, he was he was he he was fantastic. Showing off, the ball just pops out of his hand. Can throw 55, 65 yards on a, on a rope. 
the question about Michael Pat and the medicals, according to Ian Rappaport and others, were that the medicals came back really positive. I think, that, I think that's the biggest news for, for Michael Panic Jr. at the Combine. But then having a really good throwing session, I think, helps a lot as well. So I thought Milton and Panic looked the best in the on-field drills. I liked what I saw just from the makeup of J.J. McCarthy. I will say I was a little surprised. Again, I don't think it matters too much, but I thought Spencer Rattler had a little bit more juice, a little bit more athleticism to him. They were talking on air that he's everybody's like favorite mid-round quarterback, and he probably is mine too. He's my number seventh guy. But I thought he was going to run a little faster in 497. I think part of the allure of him is we've seen him be able to make second reaction plays. We've seen him play off structure. We've seen him pro on the run. We know he's got a good arm talent. We know he can make any NFL pro. But I, I, I was expecting a little bit more athletically for a guy who I like his ability to play off structure and make those second reaction plays. I was a little surprised by that time. Take this over to the wide receivers. I mean, I guess we got to start with Xavier Worthy, even though he was in group two. First 40 time, 4.25. A lot of people questioned whether he was going to run again. He not only chooses to run again, but he breaks John Ross's all-time record, and he runs an official 4.21. They did the simulcast. He beat him. He might have even beat him by more than, you know, that that hundredth of a second. John Ross was 4.22. He's David Worthy, 4.21. And I think the separation might have even been a little bit greater than that. Where does that place Xavier Worthy, who's been a, a Debbie darling for years, has been a guy that I've been very high on. I've comped him to Hollywood Brown. You can make the comp to Deshaun Jackson. I think both of them are fair. But Xavier Worthy's got route running to his game, too. He's got footwork. He can get in and out of breaks. 165 pounds is obviously a question mark. We've seen guys... That, that has hindered their career. We've seen other guys that it hasn't, that they could still be an electric playmaker. But I think it probably, in Rappaport towards the end of the combine coverage, if you weren't listening, said he got some messages from execs that they, he doesn't see any way Xavier Worthy's not around one pick. And the way teams are craving big plays and these type of explosive playmakers. If we have the run on wide receivers like we expect in the top 10, in the last 20 picks of round one, yeah, there's probably going to be another three or four wide receivers taken. And there's a real chance Xavier Worthy is one of them with this performance. Because it's not just about what Xavier Worthy can do. It's about what he brings to every offense and how he makes every single defensive play call impacted. Because if he's on the football field, you have to change everything you might want to possibly do to account for Xavier Worthy's speed. And that changes the narrative for the offense. It changes the narrative for the defense. I'm not sure he's going to make it to the last pick in round one. But if you added his explosiveness to that KC offense, 
It's been the one thing that's been missing since Tyreek Hill left. The ability for Mahomes to extend plays, make second reaction plays, improvise with the cannon army has. You pair that with Worthy. What that would do for an older, aging Travis Kelsey, but the space that it would give Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field, we might not be saying he's a... He's, a lot of the defensive attention has been on Travis Kelsey the last two years. So his reduced numbers at times could have been more account, attributed to Tyree Kill not being there and the way defenses were playing. Who knows? Maybe things open back up for Travis Kelsey a little bit if you're talking about having that speed of Xavier Worthy in that offense. So I think Xavier Worthy is where it starts, but by no means is that where it ends because it was a day of superstar performances. I would say the next guy, I mean, it's flipping coins, who really shined was Brian Thomas, junior out of LSU. Six three almost, 209 pounds. He ran a 4.340, a 38.5 vert, a 10.6 broad. I think he's locked in top 15, top 16. It's where he was always going, but I think this just solidified it. If you tell me three wide receivers go in the top six, do I think it's crazy if, if Brian Thomas finds his way into the top 12 or top 13? No, not at all. I think that's how special of a prospect he is. The other guy who I think now joins the party as a, as a round one lock with the four guys we already knew were going to be round one locks and Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, who we'll get to in a second, and Brian Thomas Jr., Talked about Xavier Worthy maybe being a lock for round one. Another guy who I think is a lock for round one is Xavier Worthy's teammate now, and that's A.D. Mitchell. 6-2, checked in at a good frame of 205. That 205 did not deter him from running fast and testing out as an athletic freak. 4.3540, 39-inch vert, 11-4 broad, on tape, he has the body control, the ball skills, the ability to go high point it, and a lot of acrobatic catches, and now he puts this type of athletic testing. Now, to be fair, I didn't think it was the best field workout for him. But honestly, I'm not really sure it's going to matter in the grand scheme of things. Because he's got some pretty good film. He shows a lot of ball skills on film. A lot of ability to go up and high point it make acrobatic catches, adjust to, you know, off-frame footballs, and you add this type of athletic testing, I think you'd be seeing A.D. Mitchell not that far away from where Brian Thomas comes off the board. He could be a top 20 pick, top 25. He's going round one. So I think A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, Texas teammates, probably both locked themselves into round one with the work they did today. Romo Dunze, I thought, was fantastic. Of the big three wide receivers, he was the only one to partake and do everything. He was literally the last one of the last things we saw on NFL Network because he was just out there practicing and trying to redo the three cone because he kept knocking the cone down. Speaks volumes on his character, which we know has been fantastic. When people talk about Larry Fitzgerald, I don't think that's a name people want to use too often in their comps of how great he was. But I can see it. I do think he's more athletic than Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, but I get it. 
He came in at 62212, ran a 4.45 40 time. He had a 39 vert, 10-4 broad. That inside-outside versatility, great at the catch point, great play strength, go up and get it. Odunze brings everything to the table, and I'm really starting to warm up to that Fitzgerald comp, even though I think he's got a little bit more juice. But, you know, part of that is, is as we, you know, we saw Fitzgerald towards the latter part of his career. I think he had plenty of juice early on in his career. Other guys that I thought just absolutely shined were those slot-wide receiver types who maybe now have more to more to their game than just a slot wide receiver guys. Let's start with Ricky Purcell. Checked in at 6'1", 189. He goes out and runs a 4 4 one 40-yard dash time. And if that wasn't crazy enough, a 42-inch vert and a 10-9 broad. So right off the bat, he's not your chain-moving slot. He's a vertical slot, but with that type of size, 6'1", and that type of speed, he might be able to play on the outside as well. So I think Ricky Purcell now has probably pushed his way into the top 50 mix. Ladd McConkey, I think he's in the top 50 mix. He checked in at 5'11", 186. He ran a 4.40. He also had a couple tremendous uh, jumps as well. So he had a really, really impressive performance. 36 vert, 10-4 broad. So that was really impressive. The other guy I group with them is Roman Wilson out of Michigan. 5'10", 5'11", 185. He ran a 4'4". Uh, Fisher was 4'39". He didn't do the jumps. All of those guys are in the mix to be top 50 picks. Two other guys that don't need to test out really well athletically. Keep them in the top 50 discussion. One was Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. Up and down first day at the Senior Bowl. Looked good the second day. Injured on the third day. Well, Leggett came out here and put on a show. First off, he checked in at 212 pounds. He goes out and runs a 4.3940. Is a 40-inch vert and a 10.6 broad jump. At his frame, 6.1212 is really impressive. And then a guy who struggled with some inconsistency at the Senior Bowl, Devontae Walker. I talked about him needing a big week here. He delivered. 6-1-190-3. He ran an official 40-time of 4-3-6 with his size. That wasn't the end of it. He had a 40.5-inch vert and 11-2 broad jump. He didn't have drop issues on tape. I know he had some drop issues at the Senior Bowl. But they weren't really there on tape. So you're talking about an explosive outside X-wide receiver with top flight ability, ball skills, body control, ability to high point, athleticism, who now ran a 4 3 6 at 6-1. That's hard to find. Didn't even end there. I could just keep talking. Johnny Wilson out of Florida State. 6'6", 231, the longest wingspan I think ever for a wide receiver. He ran a 4.5340. That's really impressive for a guy his size. 37 on the vert, 10-8 on the broad. Really impressive by him. Brendan Rice, 6'2", 208, ran a 4.540. His jumps were 36'5", and 9'11". I thought Brendan Rice, another guy, 
looked really good in the on-field drills as well. Another guy who could be in the mix to go in the first couple, the first four rounds, I would say. Jalen Polk, I thought it was big for Jalen Polk to test out well athletically. Well, came in at 6-1-2-0-3. But I think the big thing for him was 40 times 4-5-2. I think that's good enough for how he plays. But he had 37.5 broad, I mean 37.5 vert and 10-9 broad. So I thought that was really good. Uh, Troy Franklin, I mean, kind of got lost in the shuffle here a little bit just based on how many good players there were. But he came in at 6-1. We knew 6-2 almost. We knew he was going to be late at 176, but he ran a 4-4-1. And the 4-4-1 was also accompanied by a 39-inch vert and 10-4 broad. So explosive numbers there. Guys, like I mentioned, was going to be a sleeper was Anthony Gould. I thought he was. thought Anthony Gould really tested out well. His 40 time was, let me get the official, was 4.4. So really impressive by Anthony Gould uh, for there. He had good jumps as well, 39.5, 10.9 broad. So Anthony Gould is an interesting day three wide receiver. Jacob Cowing, the small guy, 5'8", 168, the slot guy, tested out with a 4 3 Fantastic time. And then the other guy like Jermaine Burden, Six feet, 196. He ran a 4.46, so that was impressive. And then also Troy Franklin, uh, not Troy Franklin, sorry, Keon Coleman. Sixth three, 213. Only ran his 40 and 4.61 was his official. But he had 38-inch vert, 10.7 broad. So he's showing some athletic ability right there. And then he looked really good in the on-field drills. And his play speed seemed a lot faster as it does on film. So I think Keon Coleman is still very much in the mix as a top 40 or top 50 guy. So, those are some of the guys that I thought really shined at the wide receiver, running back, and quarterback positions today. I mean, there was guys that probably left off here that I'll, I'll you know, circle back on. I know Luke McCaffrey had a good day. Jalen Coker at a, at a Holy Cross had an unbelievable day. Uh, but there are so many guys that, that we could talk about there. But those are the things that really stood out from day three of the NFL Combine. If you're enjoying this work, Please get over to the website, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast. Check out our premium content tab. If you're interested for $9.99, you get access to all of our premium notebooks. Uh, if you've been following me on Twitter, thanks. I appreciate it. One more day to go with the Combine. Uh, I'll be f- giving full coverage as well for the offensive linemen, answering any questions from the first three days of the Combine. Uh, if people have fantasy-related, dynasty rookie, rate, uh, dynasty rookie talk uh, questions, Feel free to hit me up tomorrow as well. A uh, lot to digest and process following the offensive skill players here uh, taking the field on Saturday. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>